Hello, I'm Martin. And I'm Paul. And welcome to the Two Gingers podcast. So, so far on the pod, we've briefly covered where we grew up and what primary and secondary schools we attended. How do you feel it's going so far? I think it's going okay. I think we're sort of <laughs> semi-exposing ourselves uh, to some of our flaws and weak- yeah. weaknesses and uh, history. But yeah, I I'm enjoying it so far. It's been quite cathartic. So. <laughs> we're getting more and more revealing, I think, as, as, the, uh, <laughs> as the weeks go by. Okay, so this time around, however, we're going to be assessing the beginning of the ascent into adulthood by looking at the typical college experience of the early noughties. So I feel like this is where the story might get a bit more in juicy and embarrassing now. Yeah, and it feels more relatable now because we're getting closer to what we can remember yeah, in more detail. Of course, yeah. Of course. More yeah. embarrassing detail as well. I think there's going to be a bit more embarrassing detail. I think so. Well, we'll see, we'll see where it goes. Okay, so we are now in the, 2002 to 2004 is where we went to college. So we're against the backdrop of um, political situations like the Iraq War, Afghanistan. Um, we've also got more sporting failures in football. As usual, yeah. As usual. England shootout failures, red cards. Ronaldinho free kick coming in from, God knows, nearly the halfway line. <laughs> um, and also we've got the onset of things like MySpace coming into the situation as well. So against that backdrop... Set the scene for us, mate. So obviously, after overachieving in your GCSEs, what college did you attend and how did you feel about this next step into the unknown? So I think the, the first thing to just touch on is the fact that, um, and it might have been the case for you, that our secondary schools didn't automatically have sixth forms attached to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so my secondary school started to think about having a sixth form towards the end of our um, our time at secondary school. So I had a big choice, which was basically, where am I going to go next? Yeah. Um, and it wasn't a given that you'd just stay on at school and do further education at, at, your, at your existing secondary school. And I think that was the case for you as well. Yeah, I didn't, we didn't have any sort of further education attached to the school. So it was very much a case of where you're going to go to college. Um, and you basically had two choices because at that stage, and I think it's different now, you could theoretically go and get a job. I don't mm-hmm. think it was mandatory to go to do further education no, at 16. No. You're of working age, um, and if you did find a job, and a lot of our friends and people that we went to school with would have done that as soon as they finished school. It was a case of, I want to start earning, I want to start um, making a living for myself and start yeah. earning money. And we've got some some friends who've done that and have actually done really well for themselves. And others maybe who, who did that and have looked back on it and thought that might have not been the best decision at the time. For us, it was a case of all roads led to Solial. Um, <laughs> you, just, yeah, you just descended on Solio. Yeah, I don't think there was ever a thought about not going to college. I just it was always a case of okay, this is just the next step in education, or maybe we just wasn't ready to go straight into work or anything like that. It was always a natural path of okay, we we're going to college. It was just dependent on on where we were going, and I think obviously we'd we'd become we'd gone to different secondary schools, but we still. We still didn't get back together in college, did we? Because we no, ended no. up going to separate colleges. So, so where did, where was it that you ended up going? So I had, a, I had a choice, Matt. So I initially thought, you know, loved my football, played football loads, mm-hmm. recovered from the first broken leg in my teens. And I thought, right, I'm going to go and see if I can still carve out a, some form of living in sports. So I did trials at Solihull College. At the time, they had a football academy attached to it. And I knew quite a few friends who were going to go and do that after they finished school you know it came with a, a national diploma 
I think you you looked into it as well. Um, so you could we did a trial and we did all of the fitness trials and I got accepted into it on the proviso that if I got enough GCSEs I could go and do this BTEC um, sort of national qualification in sports science um, and and whilst doing that you could just play football full time which which was kind of the dream until I then really thought about it thought well what what's what options is that going to leave me with afterwards yeah. um and it was a bit of a sort of a late conversation with my, my old man and stuff and it was a case of what, what do you really want to do and as soon as I realized I couldn't do any other qualifications other than this BTEC I had to look elsewhere and I thought well I'll go to Solil Sixth Form I had a, a couple of my really close friends my friend Mish and, Mish and Tom who both had made their mind up that that's what they were going to do and they were always really good good eggs they had their heads screwed on um, and Tom in particular was someone I really sort of relied on and trusted to sort of carry me through sort of the, the latter, latter years of secondary school so it was a case of tossing up do I go with a couple of really close friends who who are going to go and like try and smash out these A-levels or do I go in a different direction with some of my more sort of sporting friends from other walks of life and go and do go and do that that, that football course and I went with the sixth form option I went to go and do my A-levels I sort of paired up the choices that I made with what Tom and Mish were doing and what I was what kind of enjoyed and what I liked doing so um yeah that was cracking on with business studies and keeping that going carrying on with sports because I really enjoyed that giving this IT malarkey a bit of a crack because <laughs> I'd, I'd heard that that was where the world was going in terms the of digital IT. age yeah um yeah and maths because maths was one of those things I thought I'm good at this yeah. and I sort of managed to get get through GCS with GCSEs without too much drama and thought I'll keep going with this maths thing because you know, by all accounts it's a good life skill to have um, and that was it that, that was a decision made so um, I know like, some, some of our paths might have crossed differently if I'd have made different choices I know you sort of you we, went off to uh, to the Solio College to do to do your qualifications yeah I think we sort of we crossed over a little bit of a similar story at the start I went and done the, the football trials as well at Solio College um, and I think on a, one of the conversations we had could have got into it. And obviously, I'm one of the lower teams. I weren't anywhere near the sort of... I think there was four teams altogether. I wasn't anywhere near the top. Um, but I could have got any... But it was the same... It was the same thing with me, what you just said. If you didn't... In the, if you went into the football academy as such, you could only do a certain level of qualifications. And you couldn't do the other stuff that I was interested in. So I think that was where uh, my sort of... Maybe... Whatever that I got a better, ch- better chance of getting a good grade. Yeah, of course. Um, so... We briefly obviously touched on, on those areas. So obviously I know you said a couple of your friends were going to college, but how did you feel about actually going to college? Was it a sense of trepidation? Was it a sense of, oh no, this is excitement, this is stepping out into a sense of, of a more sort of adult world? Or, or how did, So how did you feel about it? I think it? really nervous to begin with. Yeah. Um, pro- proper nervous because there was all of a sudden this different dynamic and like nobody knew you. So then sort of create a character of what you thought people would want to be like and my, I was on this mad mission for the first few months of just trying to get as many friends and as many meet as many people and get on with as many people as I could and build up a bit of a, a network of people that I thought I could spend time with because you found yourselves with it found yourself with this pocket pockets of time during the day we just didn't have anyone to sit around with and yeah. you know but being alone in those sorts of environments where you're in a canteen full of 100 people you always felt a little bit exposed so 
I probably didn't do a great. I probably wasn't as good as a good a friend as I could have been to to Tom and Mission and, and others to begin with because I relied on them to open the door for me. Mm-hmm. And then when they did open the door, I was like, right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go and crack on with those guys and just keep keep pushing that and keep getting myself into these different groups. Yeah. And every time I did that, I probably like varied my my persona a little bit every time as well. Like mm-hmm. took on different likes and different slight different traits when I was talking to different people. Yeah. Um, but definitely felt exposed because it was, it was a jump as well. We we were going to college with people who were more well off than us, and it was noticeable. They were rocking up in really good clothes, you know, getting dropped off at school in really nice cars, you know, walking to walking to college from really big houses, and there was there was me getting a lift from my dad or getting the bus in, yeah. like getting dropped off around the corner. Not not knowing what I was going to wear to college the next day because I only had a couple of pairs of clean of clean jeans and stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think those the first few certainly the first few weeks and months. Not like I remember it vividly, but I do remember there being quite a lot of me being really nervous about how I was going to settle in and stuff. Yeah, I mean, in maybe sort of a, a polar opposite to yourself is I take a lot more time to um, obviously to, to what you say make friends as such. I yeah. can be a lot more cautious and reserved. Um, if I'm in an environment where I don't necessarily know anyone um, and when I first started college I remember being um, you know sort of, sort of semi-excited and but very nervous as well because a lot of my friends were doing the football academy yeah. and I wasn't and even some of the friends who wasn't doing the football academy weren't doing the same subjects that I was doing so I think apart from PE most of my subjects, which we'll touch on uh, again in a second, I wasn't doing it with anyone that I knew. Yeah. So those three, obviously, um, those core sort of academic subjects, I, I didn't know anyone. And to you start think off that, with as a as a young lad, the, like the pressure's on to be confident. Like yeah. there's a lot of pressure on you to be confident and outgoing and extrovert because you know. Well, that's how I felt anyway. Maybe that's just mm. the way that that I grew up. It did feel like you almost. To fit in, that was part of what you had to do, mm-hmm. um, and that wasn't always what you wanted to do. But it, like, there's quite a lot of times you felt egged on to do something just to, just to be able to create a version of yourself that you thought people were going to think was funny or were going to get on with better. Okay, so obviously I know you'd briefly mentioned about the subjects that you chose. So obviously maths, business studies, uh, and IT, um, and was it the the, the sports aspect yeah. of it as well? So did you choose them with a particular reason in mind, an academic path or a, you know, a journey after that one? Or was it literally just these are the subjects I'm interested in? I'm just yeah. going to see where they take me. There were, there were two options really. So I, I like the idea of going into sports therapy, like physiotherapy, but I didn't do any of the sciences. So at that point, it was more a case of, I like that, but I'm probably not disciplined enough to do it. And I already knew at that time I wasn't disciplined enough to follow the, the sciences through to university. So then I was thinking, right, more sports management, business management. I love the idea and I don't know why. Uh, it might have just been a childhood thing of like reminiscing of being taken into my dad's work and, and seeing his office and stuff. But maybe like subliminally, I just had it in my head that I was, in order to demonstrate that I was successful, having my own office and being a manager would mean that I was successful. So I'd already sort of got an idea that that's what I wanted to do. I wanted yeah. to be a manager. I wanted an office with my name name tag on the door. Yeah. Um, I didn't know in what at all. Yeah. I had no idea in what, but I thought that would be that would be the mark of success, really. Okay. Uh, well, I went into it with, I think I chose to do history, law and politics. 
That doesn't surprise me now, <laughs> but it would have surprised me at the time, though. It surprised me at the time, yeah. And and PE, just to throw yeah. PE into there. I think it was because I was conscious of keeping my active side of it, um, or sports side of it. But, yeah, history, law and politics. History, because I obviously I enjoyed yeah. history anyway, but law and politics, was, it was it's just something that interested me. Yeah. And I think it was an opportunity to sort of throw off the shackles of sort yeah. of, these are the subjects you've got to do in secondary school and go, this okay, here's, these, these are um, some interests. Um so that's where that's where I went with, and I think I'd have really liked it if you'd have kept going with the the politics. I, oh, I could mate. see you as an MP, but I, I, <laughs> I think really. you'd be I think you'd be quite decent with your expenses. I can't imagine you having a second home on the books. Um, but uh, my my politics class, but I had three people in it, three, <laughs> and they kept that class going. Wow. And I was like, oh, I thought, is anyone else turning up here? Or have I got the wrong class? He was like, no, there was me and two other people in the class. Um, okay, so is there any uh, particular lecturers that you can remember or had an impression on you or or not as opposed to, I think because teachers in secondary school we've mentioned, but lecturers at college, because yeah, it's, it's such a short period of like two years, was there any that had sort of a profound influence on you? No, I mean, not, I didn't build up a, as much yeah. of a rapport and a relationship with, with the teachers I had in, in secondary school. Um, and I'm not entirely sure why that was the case. I had one teacher, I remember he opened my eyes massively because I, after after I'd flunked a couple of the courses in the first year, I'd always presenting slides, talking through general studies, and he was blind. I just remember thinking, this is great. This is um, like mad how he could be um, like so un, uh, unimpacted or, or able to able to sort of do that yeah. in, a, in a working environment. So that was probably like a slightly more grown up, uh, grown up sort of point to to pull out from my lecturers, um, and yeah, I think that was about it. I had a really good maths teacher in my first year, but just didn't listen to her enough to be able to do well uh, in that first year, and then ended up having to change a few things for the second year. Um, but yeah, it was like you said, it was it was a bit more self taught, self disciplined, which I wasn't always great at. So yeah. that step from secondary school where you did have that rapport and that those relationships to college where the teachers had hundreds of pupils and you know, it was your responsibility to do the to do the hard yards um that i think didn't really realize how how exposed i was to that until probably i got my results at the end of the second year <laughs> <laughs> so did you notice that step up in level of uh you studying like quite quickly when you're going from secondary school to these AS levels and the amount of coursework and things that you're expected to do. Yeah, things yeah. I can reflect back yeah. on now, Mark. Yeah. My uh, tendency to uh, to play things by ear, yeah. to back myself when I'm in a corner, uh, to find a way of getting stuff done. Yeah. Like, and those those traits are all good traits to have in in a lot of cases, but probably not in a self-taught educational environment. Probably could have like some of the some, introducing more discipline, a bit more organisation. I think I'd have done better than I did. <laughs> but I think those things came naturally, more naturally to you. Yeah, um, obviously we might have had a, a sort of a crossover there. I, I think I started off very much like, oh yeah, I can get on with this. And then I think as we get into the later years of college, where you know you start working and you got access to alcohol and nights out and stuff like that it sort of fell by the way so <laughs> <laughs> but we'll, we'll get onto that later in the pod okay so let's touch on some of the things that are noticeably different about the college experience as opposed to the uh, the experience of primary and secondary school so one of the first things that was noticeably different was you got a chance to wear your own clothes 
no school, no uniform anymore. Yeah. So that being said, we're in the early noughties here, and with as much detail as possible, give us a flavour of your fashion sense during that college experience. I'd, I had some go-to clothes. Yeah. Um, Bootcut jeans. Oh, nice. Yeah. They were, they were an indie essential, really. Yeah. Tight at the top, and flared, <laughs> slightly flared at the bottom. Um, FC UK, and it, happy if they want to sponsor us. Yeah. But I think I probably funded most of the t-shirts because I, I remember thinking how ironic and how um, cli- not how, how sort of cutting edge I was being when I had <laughs> FC UK. Yeah. You or whatever on on my yeah. on my oh, t-shirt. Yeah. So yeah. those were like the posher. You could get them for about twenty quid, which was a bargain. Um, what felt like a bargain. Now you realise you're just walking around like a pleb with a dodgy t-shirt on. <laughs> I had a wicked camel skin, like, effect coat, like, oh, long okay. long yeah. coat. That was my Liam Gallagher style coat. Or so that used Billy to, out of Football Factory. Even if it was yeah. 30 degrees outside, I was wearing that coat yeah. on a night out. I think I had a similar thing with a parker. Yeah. I just refused to take off like, <laughs> like Kenny from South Park. <laughs> Always had this parker on. Yeah, but yeah. So the the outfits, uh, the outfits. That was probably my sort of go to pair of jeans or whatever. Um, but yeah, cheap, cheap, uh, fast fashion t shirts with logos, and then trying to be a bit more um, retro. And like, I remember there was a, a phase where I, I loved Jack, um, Bruce Lee, and different different sort of legends and there was a whole range of legends t-shirts I'm like I'm wearing those on night I thought you were going to say that you just went to, to college topless in a no, in no, a, in a, a, a yellow jumpsuit <laughs> <laughs> enter the dragon style yeah. oh yeah um, I think mine was a weird weird sort of hybrid I think I started off college obviously not knowing what it was going to be like so it was just literally what your mum and dad had, yeah. had paid for I think we bought Arthur Burton's because yeah. um, that's where you, you sort of shop to look <laughs> to look hip, hip or cool was our trip to Burton's um, but then I was I, I, I don't know if it was just because it was a period I don't know if I was necessarily comfortable with who I was but I was this sort of hybrid of dressing sometimes dressing like indie or yeah. like jeans and a t-shirt and then sometimes dressing like an absolute chav bit chav yeah, yeah. A bit chav chav um, indie I think that's I've still got that style though polo t-shirts I'll still always yeah. reach for that polo t-shirt yeah. what with the collar up yeah and white trainers like track two bottoms yeah. so I mean, for anyone who, I'm sure everyone in the UK knows what a chav is, but according to our analytics, we've got some listeners in Singapore, USA and, and Spain, so explain what a chav is. A chav is <laughs> basically um, uh, a bit of Jack the Lad, um, a bit of a geezer, uh, usually wearing um, branded sportswear clothing usually yeah. and sometimes posh sportswear so you can throw some of the posher sportswear like Lacoste and stuff into the mix or oh, this was a um, classic Chavmo tracksuit buttons yeah. polo shirt yeah. right with a jumper from Burton's over the top yeah that is that's classic Chav and a ch- like a chain yeah I think it, the Chav the Chav um, image I think evolved as you got older because it yeah. was definitely in the in your sort of your Early teenage to mid teenage years, it was definitely Carberini hoodie. Or, tra- um, or you'd, <laughs> your tracksuit bottoms tucked into your socks yeah, in a tracky pair of bottom, pool. Tra- tracky bottoms tucked in socks, yeah. Yeah. And then I remember there was a there was a whole phase of Chavs wearing like cartoon socks as well. Like the irony of wearing a Scooby Doo yeah. pair of socks with a £150 Lacoste tracksuit. <laughs> or a golf glove. <laughs> or a golf glove, yeah. Oh, mate, the amount of people I've seen walking around with golf gloves. Yeah. I mean, I never went that far.
Okay, so moving on. Um, there's some things that are sort of synonymous with the college era when we went. Um, let's see if you can re recall any of these and what your thoughts are on them. So the first one I'm going to bring up is LimeWire. <laughs> Do you remember LimeWire and the destruction <laughs> that it caused? But it almost tried to bring down the whole music industry. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure it corrupted every single person's home laptop or computer. Uh, in the early early noughties. Okay, so yeah, I'd explain to people what LimeWire is. Yeah, well, LimeWire was a sort of a free download service, if you like, of its time, but um, completely un unsecure, <laughs> <laughs> um, unprotected, um, and unpoliced at all. So, yeah, you you probably had because I I was still relying on my parents' uh, computer, so I probably wasn't brave enough to really do too much with um, downloading music and stuff like that oh mate we were i went full into it i did literally got into some serious <laughs> <laughs> i could ruin our family computer we had the one computer at home so when i first heard of this oh you'd been brought up in your circle of friends um or limewire just download limewire onto your onto your computer and you can get all, the, all of these songs and i thought this was this was absolutely brilliant you didn't have to pay for songs and you didn't have to go out and buy an album or anything like that, I could just download all of these tracks. So I went heavy. Yeah, MP3s, I think they were. They yeah, were like I had files. an MP3 player. Yeah. Downloaded all of these songs, obviously then ready and either burn them to a CD or put them on the MP3 player. And he absolutely destroyed our computer. That <laughs> <laughs> dad went ballistic. The computer just ground to a halt. Just stopped just working. Just full of bugs. And he was like, what the fuck is going on with this computer? And he got banned in our house from then, LimeWire. It was a disaster. Oh, no, I don't, I don't. we were fortunate enough not to have too many issues like that. But yeah, because um, I, I went to college and did IT with the sort of intention of getting slightly more tech savvy but I never yeah. really I always sort of just relied on other people to tell me what I could or should or shouldn't be doing with, yeah. with computers and programs that I could or couldn't download um, so yeah I know I know there was a bit of a revolution or an evolution when that became a thing and there was a lot of panic in the music industry at the time as yeah. well uh, which we were aware of because it was like a bit of a rock and a hard place you didn't really have the money to go out and see bands yeah. or buy the CDs but at the same time you didn't want them to go bust because you know some of those bands probably and some of the best music that was recorded of that time. Yeah, you know, those bands didn't get the didn't get the the profit or the royalties they deserved because of you know, us <laughs> sneaky teens. <laughs> so for their from their point of view, it was a kind of a good thing that it proved to be such a disaster and bug ridden um, that they got rid of it. Um, okay, so that's probably the worst of it. Yeah. Uh, and then one of the other things that was synonymous that we used a lot in college, MSN Messenger. So I ne again, I never used MSN Messenger. you never use MSN, so MSN Messenger? Did, but again, it might just be that um, we're so far behind like what everyone else was doing and out yeah. of touch. Um, I, but I used to go around to friends' houses and they'd, they'd have Messenger. And quite often I think that was like the original Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> like I had a few mates that would only use it to try and like meet girls or try and arrange to like go out and do stuff. Um, but yeah, that I never really, I never really caught on with uh, MSN Messenger. I I jumped on the bandwagon of MySpace. Oh, okay, right. We'll get on to MySpace in just a second. But MSN MSN Messenger. I thought this was the sort of the early sort of social media, yeah, as such, purely because you could go on there. It was free. Obviously, you could chat to obviously uh, your mates and things. So you didn't have to be spending money on 
credit on your phone uh, to text people or anything like that. Yeah. I think that's why we mainly used it. It was because, okay, I won't text you. I'll just talk to you on MSN, MSN Messenger later. And so, like I said, early onset of uh, social media, you got to put a status up there yeah. and things like that. So we used MSN uh, a lot. Um, and like you've just mentioned then, uh, when we was in college, MySpace starts to come into it. Yeah. Now, obviously, completely sort of defunct and like the, like the BlackBerry now. It's, sort it's of, unsupported. It's unsupported, but we, uh, we used it a lot, didn't we? Well, we should try and find our MySpace pages and oh, see right. if we can find them. Because um, I think now, like for, for, for technology as it is, it's pretty, pretty basic. But at the time, it felt revolutionary that you could, you could basically load up your personal profile, all the things you liked, all the things you didn't like, and create this like this massive sort of message board if you like of of what you were all about and and obviously you would always over egg it yeah. so you know you never because you didn't really know what your favorite film was but you thought right what do people what do people think is the best film or the most exciting film or the root like the most creative film or the most exciting thing and i suppose it was great unless you didn't make the cut of the top friends if you thought you were if you're somebody's top friends the pressure of who you can put into that top list but tom Tom would have been one of my top friends anyway (laughs) (laughs) to start off with yeah um but yeah there's a couple of toms to choose from at the time but uh but yeah i remember that being like that was the onset of being obsessed with social media and being Mm -hmm. followed and like thinking it was cool to have people that were interested in your profile which obviously nowadays like on instagram on facebook is is commonplace but this was the first time and that it felt like one of the main reasons to do that again was to sort of create a bit of a a network of people that were into the same sort of thing but also it was you know a lot of people know it was quite a quite a helpful platform for bands that were coming up yeah. to connect with uh, fans so we used I used it a lot for, for music because you could tag a you could tag a song, couldn't you, onto yeah. onto your to your profile page? And you can change uh, different ones. So I remember discovering loads of bands purely for uh, just searching through MySpace and reading magazines and, and searching for their songs on MySpace. So it was a, it was a sort of good help in, in that department. Okay, so we've touched on LineWire, the disaster that it was, MSN Messenger, um, and and also MySpace. But do you remember the thing with college as well? Was the the fascination with phones getting as small as possible. So we obviously yeah. we're in the reverse now. So you start off with whatever you could, your parents could afford to get you in secondary school. As you get to college, it's a case of, right, let's see how small we can make phones, which is now your phones are just getting bigger yeah. and bigger back to that, to that point. But do you remember this classic Nokia 8210 and you could change the color so of I the LED to, screen? I, so I'll have to admit something now. I had an in, Mark, so one of my best mates started working at Phones For You. Oh, you are joking. And and he hooked me up quite a lot of times with some decent deals. So I always, one thing I did have, thanks to Uncle Vicks, I always had a decent <laughs> a decent phone. So if ever I had dodgy dodgy trainers on or a dodgy, a dodgy T-shirt with dodgy writing on it, I could always rely on whipping my phone out and people thinking, oh, you, he's, he's you, quite smart, he's, he's in touch with... You were always repping. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I had some really good phones, thanks to Uncle Vicks. He, uh, yeah. he did hook me up with some good ones. But um, the one thing I was going to say about the sort of social on the social media side of things, and it hasn't got a mention, and I don't know if you remember this, but do you remember there was a website? This is like early on. <laughs> what, what kind of website we're we talking about? <laughs> we're going in the wrong about <laughs> There was a website called Hot or Not, and you had to upload a picture of yourself, and then random people from across the world would rate you out of ten. No, well, 
I don't know. What wasn't this just Facebook? Wasn't this the early? I think it's the early onset of yeah. Facebook. Yeah, yeah. but I, I, it wasn't Facebook. This was genuinely like you'd give you'd get a picture you from yourself. With that now. I don't think you could in this no. piece in this PC day and age. No. But yeah, I remember being obsessed with MySpace and also this random page that I had or whatever on on this website called Hot or Not, and it was like a competition between me and a few people. I was rank average. I was mid table. <laughs> I'm gonna get it out there. <laughs> If it was a solid five, Mark, I, but you was happy with a five. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't. I was never happy because I don't think the picture I had really painted me in the best possible. No. Um, but yeah, I remember. I remember that. That like absolutely massively remember yeah. like the rush to get home, log onto this page and see if I'd got anyone had said, "Oh yeah, he's not. He's not a five. He's he's a five and a half. I'll take that all day long. <laughs> I don't think I'd have had the confidence to put myself on there. To be fair. I don't remember that at all. <laughs> but the uh, the obsession of getting smaller phones, yeah, I, I remember that becoming quite a. It's gone the other way now. Cause you, yeah. Like you need you need bigger phones to be able to use them in the way that you do. Mm-hmm. But at the time, you know, the, the smaller it was, the more yeah. concealed, the more expensive it was, the, yeah. the more clever it was. Um, you know, the the better. And again, it was that like that onset of materialism. I guess like you wanted you wanted those sorts of things because it. It helps you sort of keep up to keep keep up to date with what other people were were doing at the time. Okay, okay. So another thing that was sort of heavily, as we you know, heavily associated with college was, and the whole period I think um, when you when you'd gone into that that sort of ascent into adulthood, as we'd mentioned, was this whole era of alcohol um, and trying to access alcohol, trying to get trying to get drunk. Where were you were gonna? Where you were gonna drink it? For example, so did you notice that sort of a? It was a sort of a dominant thread yeah. throughout college. I think it was a, it was big. Certainly, it, was, it felt like a big topic when when I went from secondary school to sixth form because a lot of the people I went to sixth form with hadn't really thought about it until mm. sort of reflecting back before this this pod. But they were quite like a lot of them were quite affluent like had nice houses and the parents went away and did stuff and just left them yeah so like felt like there was house parties happening all the time mm-hmm. and you, you know, didn't always go to all of them but you went to quite a few of them and then the the next challenge was right how do i like how do i make sure i'm not going on my own and how do i take something with me yeah. um and definitely like thinking back now i definitely think that alcohol was that thing in me that made me feel like i could create like more confidence in myself yeah. like it just unlocked that little bit of um inhibition in me that made, made me think oh, okay i can speak out a little bit maybe i will be a little bit more open and honest yeah you know i can have a decent conversation on a level with with somebody or in a group um i never felt scared to do that normally but with with the sort of the confidence that alcohol seemed to give me as a young young teen young young male um it probably got me into trouble as much as it didn't uh, as it as it helped me but yeah it felt like a big deal I don't yeah. know I don't know whether you had the same sort of experience with with your college years yeah it, it was like I said it was a dominant thread in the background at college was where was where was there going to be a house party where where could you sneak into a pub I mean I, I always remember um going into pubs but after after you'd finished college for a day was going in the early afternoon because you knew there wouldn't be bouncers on the door yeah so then when the bouncers appeared on the door, you was already in there as such. Yeah. So you could obviously then try and blag it to the bar staff to go, well, I've just got past the bouncers. Yeah. So I clearly must be old enough. And obviously you'd sit in a corner where they wouldn't necessarily notice you. Um, and he, like, um, 
But I was unlucky in the sense that in an academic school year, my birthday was one of the later ones. See, yeah. I was I was born in May, so and so you, I mean, you were born the September uh, September before me, so you yeah. turned eighteen a lot sooner than well, I did. Yeah, yeah. So in my group of friends, I was one of the last people to turn eighteen, and I must have been so frustrating. So everyone who went in there, it was always about oh, everyone could get in, but I was always struggling to either try and blag my way in or or, or sneak or sneak my way in because obviously it was in that later point of, and obviously we had dashing good young looks that we clearly couldn't pass for 18. No, we couldn't, no. No facial hair at the time, Mark. I don't think we, <laughs> we, we tried. Could, we couldn't. And those Burton those Burton T-shirts weren't helping. So. Or oh, the FC UK logo. <laughs> <laughs> definitely that, didn't help. That definitely wasn't helping. But yeah, the pressure was on. I think that, that I say the pressure was on, but um, it felt like culturally um, growing up in that era, it felt like you that was the done thing. Like, mm-hmm. can you get in? Can you go clubbing? Like clubbing and Broad Street in Birmingham, for those that don't know Birmingham very well, um, probably a sort of a relic of a bygone era of binge drinking. But yeah. it was all about hitting hitting Broad Street or hitting the hitting a club or going to a, to a, like a bar or whatever, and being able to go out um, and and if you manage to sneak in and do that, even yeah. better. Um, like it was almost like a rite of passage, if that makes sense. Yeah, everyone's sort of got a story about. They sort of snuck into one place or the other. I think from in in my particular experience, it was there was a heavier emphasis on the pub and house parties rather than nightclubs as such at that stage of my life. So um, and some of the class uh, and some classic pubs that I obviously went to. I mean, the Spread Eagle in uh, Aycock Green got got visited a few times purely because you knew you could get served, didn't yeah. you? Yeah, I think yeah. I think my girls might be able to get served in there now, Mark. To be honest, <laughs> probably yeah, we did. I remember that was one of the one yeah. of the things as we as we moved through the podcast series. That was probably where we reconnected, really. I think, yeah, um, yeah, we'll definitely get onto that in, in further episodes. But the Spread Eagle, um, for all its faults, yeah. I think that's probably where we uh, we did start meeting up again. Um, and then just retouching on a bit of being um, and I uh, not being eighteen until quite late. Me and a, a group of our friend, uh, friends at the time, we actually, we actually organised to go um, to Butlins on an over 18s right. weekend. But I think I was the only one who wasn't, wasn't, eight, <laughs> wasn't 18 at the time. Um, so I was like, all the way down there, we'd booked it. Or I think, we'd, I'm not sure if we'd got um, someone's parents to book it. Uh, me and there was, uh, I think there was four, four, of, four of us. Um, and we'd got some, got some parents to book it. And the whole way down there, I just remember thinking, I hope hope that in my naive brain it was a case of well if we've booked it online that's it yeah. we've booked it they're not going to check anything yeah. um, and then on our way down there thinking oh no one as soon as we get off this, this coach oh no one's going to check to see who's actually 18 or not um, and then as soon as we got off the coach someone did ask like how old we were um, and we just I, don't, I can't remember how we blagged it now but someone showed an idea, and for some reason I didn't have to. We just blagged it because I was eighteen, um, and not got into Butlins then for the rest of the weekend to have this eighteen's eighteen's uh, early weekend. Um, okay, yeah. So alcohol was a was a, a sort of a dominant factor um, in in the background at college as well. So, as one of the questions that we always ask on, and as we get to sort of sort of the end of of the episodes, is. Was there any embarrassing or comedic moments from college that you'd like to share with the pod or a few that you can just touch on that might be a little bit too revealing? I'm just going to keep it really short and sweet. Again, and you didn't piss yourself. <laughs> I didn't piss myself during college. That yeah. was a, 
one one achievement um, <laughs> one achievement I can definitely take away from it. Um, I'm just going to say, and I'll put hold my hands up, take full responsibility. I did get a, a wanky fifty quid haircut from Tony and Guy. <laughs> And in fairness to me, at the time, it felt like the right thing to do. I was trying to reinvent the best version of myself after a bit of a yeah. bit of what felt like a tragic breakup. Um, and I, you know, I had the money in my pocket. I had my camel coat. I had my FC UK t-shirt. All I was missing was a 50, 50 quid hairdo because that was definitely going to stand me out from the rest of the crowd. And that was your resale therapy. Yeah, and I looked good for one day. <laughs> I washed my hair, and I could never recreate the look. <laughs> Oh, nice. So I can never complain to anyone who pay, who pays over the odds for a hairdo now. If Tony and Guy want to sponsor us, we, yeah, I'm happy to carry on getting my hair cut there. Well, only uh, one of us. Unless, unless they do beards as well. I think they will do beards, Mark. Yeah. I think you can get your beard done there. Maybe we should do a special episode of the party and Tony and Guy. Um, so, yeah, so you got a, you know, an overpriced that. haircut while you was at college. I also, so I, in probably more in a night a nighttime capacity, but... A late night on a college night out, I did fall over a little bit tragically and sort of uh, dramatically with a pot full of curry sauce and chips. And said camel coat got damaged. <laughs> no, yeah. not the Liam Gallagher coat. The Liam Gallagher coat was damaged, Mark. So yeah. uh, those two embarrassing moments I'll take on the chin. Uh, but that's pretty much all. You know, it's, it's all I'm prepared to share at the moment. <laughs> that's the radio edit. That's the, we have to subscribe to uh, the pod to get um, explicit content. explicit content version. Yeah. How about yourself? If you're going to put your hold your hands up to well, an embarrassing moment or moments in college, I mean. My whole Chav era is a source of embarrassment for me and of regret. Um, it's just something that I can never get away with. It's something that my wife uh, constantly ribs me on. Um, the fact that, yeah, I wore some of that sports gear. And, Paul, I did have a chain. Of course you did. With a, with a blues pendant. But we both did. On I'm, end of I'm, I'm not oh, yeah, claiming that as, a, yeah, as but an embarrassing I, I, thing. I think I went even further, Matt. I had a, I had a, a sovereign. I had a Birmingham City Sovereign. You did go full whack then. I went full whack. I like, um, went knee deep into that sort of... Like the lawnmower, I went heavy. Um, and it is a source of, it is a source of <laughs> regret. Um, and then another thing, not necessarily that um, a moment of regret or embarrassing, but it might be funny to you all the same. I actually got to, I actually got asked to be a best man while I was in college. <laughs> in college? <laughs> yeah. I, I really enjoyed college. I know me and a couple of my friends, like that was probably the moment Like we had some hard times during that those two years. But coming out the back of those two years, it was like this was definitely the right choice. And I was really pleased with how, like looking back on it, really enjoy that time. So you're still that speaking to there. a few people from, from college? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Same sorts of people really. But if I, it's probably different because if I bump into those, like a lot of those acquaintances, if you like, rather than friends, but if I bump into those acquaintances, they're still like we still bumped into each other after we left college in, on nights out and things like that and it was always really positive like it always mm. felt like we got on yeah. um, on, on a on a level which was which was cool so if I bumped into certain people now I don't I don't recall now anyone from college that I didn't or if I bumped into I wouldn't say hello to yeah um, or maybe some of those people I probably wouldn't have a drink with but still like 
um, just really fond memories from that time. Okay. But I don't, I don't know whether that sort of correlates with your experience at, at college, really, because like you said, like a lot, a lot of your sort of secondary school friendship group sort of migrated into the same college with you. So how about your sort of time back over those two years? Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd go along with, with, with quite a few of the parts that you just said. I seem to view, looking back on it now, and I don't know if you agreed, I tend to view college now as more of a social education rather than an academic one is what, yeah, for sure. what, what I necessarily took out of it. Um, and because I didn't go necessarily do any subjects with schoolmates, as such, I was sort of sort of thrust into the sort of deep end with forward, trying to forge new friendships groups. And I think at first I did feel um, that pull between trying to stay loyal as such and friends with your friends that you went to school with and then obviously these new friendship groups that you were forging who were probably, I don't know, um, like you said, we tended to feel a bit more comfortable with who you were as you went into college. And obviously those are the sort of groups of people that you started to sort of um, sway towards. Obviously, you know, you said you felt more comfortable. I, in a similar sense to you, I sort of, I enjoyed college as such, as a whole experience. In terms of the academic side of it, um, the first year, like I did really well, sort of knuckled down um, and, and, and done decently in my AS levels as such. Um, but then as we got into that second year and we started to get into the era of, you go and you know, you've got your first jobs, you're earning money, um, things like that are sort of like nightlife and nightlife and whatever sort of foul by the wayside so I'd, you know different vices I'd got this insane sort of belief into my head that I needed to um, do a physical day's graft yeah to have earned more days money rather than thinking thinking about the future and thinking about more sort of academic study it's probably one of the reasons why I've visited that back now obviously in doing a yeah. history degree because I felt like I had unfinished business when yeah, I left sure. when I left college um, I didn't necessarily try as hard as I could in that second year um, and I went more for the friendship groups that, that we'd built and the relationships that we'd built rather than necessarily going to knuckle down and, and concentrate on sort of the academic subjects that I was supposed to be there for. Yeah. Um, but as a whole, I, like I, like similar to you, I enjoy college. There's still some people um, that, that obviously we still speak to every now and then yeah. now and like you said, if I bumped into them, it would be like, yeah, positive experience. Positive, yeah. like, positively, like yeah. say hello. I don't think I've got anyone from college that you know, you know, arch nemesis or anything oh. like that, or any sort of major. Might find out if they. If might they might find us, out now. If someone they follow listens, us on the pod. If someone listens and go, hang on a minute. Um, you, you, you weren't were my best man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where so, were you, Mark? Yeah. So like we said, yeah, there was a hev- there was a heavier emphasis on on forging bonds and grades. I think at college. Yeah, and I think that it's an extension of not wanting to miss out as well. Yeah, in some respects, because when yeah. you got that that taste, if you like, of of the Birmingham nightlife, yeah, um, of of the the drink culture, the drink scene, yeah, socialising, you know, with a few quid in your pocket from from a day's work, actually, it felt like that was that was the right thing to do as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, all positive, all positive experiences and all all lessons learned to take away. Okay, so it's come to that, that point in the pod again where we need to ask you uh, listeners for a favour. Um, so we've got a few things that we need you to do. 
Go on and Paul, hit them with what we want any of the listeners to do. The first thing, Martin, we would like our listeners to do <laughs> is we would really, really appreciate it if people would follow our pl- podcast on either Spotify or newly on Apple Music. Yes, now available on, on Apple as well. And also, if you're going to follow it after you've had a listen or even before you had a listen, give us a rating. Ten, 10 out of 10. <laughs> ten. Hot, hot or not, Martin. <laughs> hot or not. Um, yeah, or, yeah, or a bang average five is that where yeah, we're at. I think we're happy with yeah. five out of 10. Yeah, we're happy there. Um, one of the other things we need you to do as well is to give us a follow on our Instagram page. So this is where we're going to update on where the shows are going to be released, um, what we've got coming up in the pipeline and all things to Ginger. So head over to Instagram if you're on it uh, and give us a follow us there. And what's one of the other things we need them to do? The final thing, Martin, is we have created some very exclusive content for our listeners, which involves what can only be described as one of the most eclectic mixes <laughs> of songs from from the generations of the not not mainly nineties and noughties, but also some random random tunes thrown in there. This um, is going to be one of the greatest playlists ever made. I honestly think it's a it's a playlist for the ages. <laughs> <laughs> we should have been DJs I think is what it, we need to open our own two gingers nightclub it's not too late Martin as not we're finding late, out as, a, as new pod, podders yeah. I think that's what you call a podcast a podder <laughs> as a new podder we uh, we absolutely it's not too late to be a DJ there we go there we go right so you there you have it we need you to follow the pod uh, we need you to look at the follow the, the Instagram page and we also need you to save the two gingers playlist to your playlist if you're on Spotify you will find the link to that on the bio of the Two Gingers podcast. Cheers. Thanks, everyone. Okay, so now we've reached that final segment of the pod where we go into the now famous um, Two Gingers playlist and the songs that we're going to be adding to it from our college era. Playlist of the year. (laughs) (laughs) It's a playlist for the times. Okay, so college, um, I felt like was um, it, music was a big part of college. Yeah, for um, sure. And in your friendship groups, um, you tended to you tended to sort of hang around with people who had similar music music taste to you. Um, but obviously, it could get it could also get quite varied and quite eclectic as well. Um, so, with that being said, and how much of an emphasis music played in our lives at that time give us a bit of a flavour and some highlights of the songs that you are going to be adding to the Two Gingers playlist this time around. I'm going the first one, straight in there, solid indie classic, Kooks, Naive. Oh, big. I can remember quite a few evenings, sort of dazed and confused and thinking it's not someone's fault. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going in with that one to start. Yeah. No direct relationship, but Jojo. Leave, get out. Wow. Classic. Right, you've gone straight in there with a tune from the box, haven't you? Yeah, it's gone yeah. straight from the box, yeah. Kiss three now, <laughs> but the box at the time. Oh, okay. Um, I'll throw one more in and then we'll hand over to you, Mark. Oh, mate, no, if you've got a few more, because I've, I've got a long list here. I'm going to keep them coming in. Yeah. So then I'll put this in here mainly because I literally drove, or a friend of mine drove us all the way to Leeds to see this band Yeah. play one song, Boy Kill Boy, Susie. Oh, okay. That is. I don't very, think they did. Le- they maybe did one or two other songs yeah. that were quite a good. I mean, indie I like band. it. But yeah, yeah, but that's left field. Yeah. Future Heads, and I found this out recently. The Hounds of Love is not their song. <laughs> well, did you not know this? No. Kate not- Bush. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great version, though. Yeah. yeah. It's a good cover. It's a good cover. 
to keep it on the covers, I'm going to throw this on there. And this is something I heard on Kerrang! And I thought, this is probably the best song I've ever heard. But I did know it was a cover. Faith by Limp Bizkit. Oh, yeah. And I think that might already be on the playlist, Mark. Because we we're not hanging around here. There's a there's a few out there's a few Limp Biscuit songs on there. There's gonna be a few Limp Biscuit song ones on there, yeah, but yeah. Have you got any more? I'm still going. Go mate, go. Right, keep going. Keep going. I miss you. Blink one eighty two. Oh no. I nice. think that's an early noughties yeah. one. Classic yeah. one. Definite. Uh anything from New Fan Glory. I'll pick a few New Fan Glory songs Oh, well, I've got I have got a New Fan Glory song as well. Okay. So see Maybe if you've got the same one. I'm throwing left field again, and this is this is a call out to shout out to my dad. Yeah. And this is because my dad used to think it was really cool. And some of my friends used to think he was quite cool as well. He used to drive, he'd pick us up from college yeah. and take us into work on a Friday. Yeah. And he'd finish early from work, scoot into Solihull, blast us into Hall Green to go and do a shift. And he used to think it was hilarious to, to sit in the car park at college with his windows down, blasting out Sean Paul. <laughs> to put it into perspective, Mark, Dad had a 1.4 litre Vauxhall Astra, silver. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bland car, but he loved he loved playing his music loud. And one of the songs, I'm, I'm going straight in there. Give me the light. Oh, okay. It's in there. Um, and just to keep keep things going, Dakota by Stereophonics is an early noughties yeah. classic. Um, and then I've got and I've got to put a couple of these in there. But Speed Garage gets introduced in college. Okay. And I started to get into Speed Garage, so I'm just gonna open it up tentatively with Tracy. Tracy Chapman, fast car, for Speed Garage. Yeah, Speed Speedy G version. Oh, fast okay. Car. So I feel like you're more into into Speed Garage than myself. So I'm just going to trust you on this one. Let's go yeah. with it. Yeah, it's a classic. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we'll put that on the list. And the final one, and I got to throw this in there for some of my brothers. Yeah. From other mothers. Do you remember Moonie on a Batch of K? <laughs> what? You got to throw it in there. <laughs> Mark, people I don't know, know what I'm talking about. I don't know what this is, but yeah, we can put it in there. Oh, yeah, I know what you mean now, yeah. Of course, yeah. Yeah, cool. Right then. Yeah, that is eclectic, yeah. I'm up to speed with you now. I don't know if we're going to be able to find that, but we've got to trawl through the Bangra playlist to be able to get that in We will get that on there, don't worry. Okay, so a flavour of some of what I'm going to be adding onto the playlist this week. Going straight in there with a college, a song that used to, I felt got played every day in and around college. Um, Evanescence, Bring Me to Life. Yeah, a- Amy Lee. Big, big tune at the time. Limp Biscuit Break stuff. Yeah. Right, which, funny enough, was, was, a, was a breakup song. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I wanted to go and smash anybody's face in, but it was like, all that teenage angst and yeah. those people like that. So I think I listened to that song for about two days solid <laughs> <laughs> after that incident happened. So that's going on there. I was obsessed with uh, Coldplay's second album at college. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to have to put in Coldplay, um, The Scientist, yeah. on there. That's a good, yeah, that's a Listen good tune. Uh, quite a lot. This is where I first really got introduced to the band Alkaline Trio. Uh, there was a particular girl in college. I'd, I'd heard some of their songs on Kerrang! Um, um, but then she lent me an album. So I have to credit her with my sort of love for Alkaline Trio. Now, she lent me an album and I never looked back there since. So, Mr. Chainsaw, Alkaline Trio uh, is definitely going on there. Also, I mean, I could put anything from Incubus, Wish You Were Here. Yeah. That album, um, uh, sorry, Morning View, anything from that album could go on there. But I'm going to go along with Incubus, uh, Wish You Were Here. 
Streets don't mug yourself. <laughs> don't mug yourself. Well, it's a Birmingham. It's a podcast about growing up in Birmingham, and that's the first band I think on the list. Yeah, that's that's got its origins, its roots in Birmingham, yeah. or in around the Midlands. That so. song got played lot like, relentlessly, yeah. especially if you had any sort of troubles with girls. It was just, you know, yeah. don't mug. That song got played. Um, you mentioned Newfound Glory. Uh, I'm gonna pick. There was a particular my friends over you. Yeah. Which was a big tune. It came out sort of around about college. Must yeah. have watched the video a ton of times on on Kerrang, or anything like that. So that's got to go on there. We've also Mr. Brightside, the Killers. Yeah. That's uh, you'd forget how early in the uh, in the noughties that was. So just because it gets played way too much now, and it gets yeah. bludgeoned by way too many mainstream places, but at the time, that was a, that was a, that was a sort of big indie tune. Stacy's mum, Fountains of Wayne. Oh no. It's got to go on there. It's got to go on there. You've got to go on there. Just because he got played loads and the video, you know, yeah. was was it was it Rachel Hunter was um was pretty decent. Also, the Strokes. How can we forget the Strokes? Yeah, last night last or night. hard to explain anything from that time. <laughs> also, now I'm not necessarily a fan of these uh, next couple of songs that we're going to go on there, but I felt like they were synonymous with the time. You mentioned Sean Paul, and I just seem to remember the songs "Get Busy and Breathe" just being everywhere. Yeah. If you ever went to a house party at college, someone had put this one of these two songs on there. Yeah. So even though they're not necessarily my picks, I'm putting them on there for the college years. So if you're putting them on the playlist, you're taking credit for them. They're your picks. <laughs> and then also. Because I know it might annoy a few people. <laughs> Do you remember Scooter? Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like I've got to put the logical song on there because that was out at that sort of time and it used to annoy so many people. But like that uh, Eiffel 65 blue Scooter, yeah. like the Scooter logical song is going on. Uh, is going on a playlist. Martin, I think that's. I think that is a perfect way to finish that. <laughs> Those <laughs> suggestions will make sure that uh, we've reflected those updates into the playlist, which is available uh, by looking at the bio on um, on Spotify. Um, and look forward to getting other suggestions um, and new ratings on whether or not those things are yeah, of course. If positive or negative memories are invoked as a, as a result of adding those songs to the playlist. If you've got any suggestions from the era of college that you'd like to throw in there that are synonymous with your time, Please leave us a comment or anything like that and we'll endeavour to get them added to our Two Gingers playlist as well. Okay, so we hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Two Gingers podcast. Join us next time where we will be discussing entering the world of employment for the first time. That's a, sorry, that's a sad thought, isn't it there, Mark? <laughs> it was going so well until that point. Yeah, and then it all comes, the reality starts to bite. <laughs> Okay, so see you next time. Thanks, everyone.